Doug Tyrrell, History and Comment is available on iTunes. Hello, friends. I'm Doug Tyrrell. This is History and Comment for Monday, the 13th day of February. We have the first sign of spring occurs today. Our local Mason's Root Beer Stand opens for their 72nd season. Across history, cultures and people ebb and flow. Baghdad was a city reported to have a population of 1 million people when it falls to the attacking Mongols in the year 1258. Galileo arrives in Rome for his trial in 1633. The church is not happy with the astronomer for his theory that the earth rotates around the sun. Catholic dogma held the earth was the center of the universe. Here in America, we do not hear much about our history until the early 18th century. Prior to that, it was several rather small pockets of Europeans, and the Native Americans did not have a written history. But England had a history, and it was complete with feuds and politics. In 1692, government troops were being lodged with the McDonald's in Glencoe, Scotland. The society was largely cashless, and quartering troops was a common practice in lieu of cash taxes. But the McDonald's were a wild bunch, and King William was trying to quell the Highlands. He ordered the McDonald's to be massacred by the troops they were housing. Modern estimates put the number of McDonald's killed at about 30, but the effects have reverberated through history. Jesse James holds up his first bake, taking $15,000 from the Clay County Savings Association in Liberty, Missouri in 1866. A tidy sum in that period. During the Civil War, a private was paid $13 per month. Speaking of Missouri, First Lady Bess Truman was born in 1885. She was from the higher social circle than her husband and future president, Harry Truman. But she was fiercely private, and not much is known about her. One anecdote I recall about Bess, when I was reading the morning news back during my college radio days, it had to be 1982, the national news often ended with a human interest story, and I followed with local news. I was sitting there with a stack of stories in hand listening for the national news to end. The story of the morning was that Bess Truman is celebrating her 97th birthday. Spokesmen for the former first lady say she plans to spend the day quietly with her Secret Service agent. I looked over to the control room and the DJ also found this funny and was laughing at the idea. I had the news to read. I think we both had this image of a little old lady quietly rocking away, blanket on her lap, while standing nearby was this young Secret Service agent conservative blue suit, and sunglasses. Speaking of visual images, American painter Grant Woods is born in Anamosa, Iowa in 1891. Two of his works are easily recognizable, American Gothic and Fall Plowing. American Gothic is the image of a farmer and his spinster daughter outside of their house. That's the one with a couple standing there with the pitchfork. No, it's not his wife. Woods said that was his daughter. The motion picture projector is patented in 1895. Of course, that is by Thomas Edison. The American Society of Composers, Authors, and Publishers is established in 1914 to protect the copyrights of musical compositions for its members. Known as ASCAP, it still functions today. Along with BMI, it covers nearly all music in America. Peter Tork is born Peter Thorkelson. In 1942, his grandfather was Norwegian. He showed an early aptitude for playing music. 
He will be part of the Greenwich Village folk scene and friends with Stephen Stills before moving to the West Coast. There will be a tryout for a television music group, and he lands a part. The group? The Monkees. Lunch counter sit-ins take place at three locations around Nashville, Tennessee in 1960. Then 18-year-old Eric Hyden becomes the first American to win a World Speed Skating Championship in 1977. He will become a household name during the 1980 Winter Olympics in Lake Placid, New York, when he wins five gold medals in the sport. An example of things were just fine until they weren't. Ralston Purina has been illegally dumping the solvent hexane into the Louisville, Kentucky sewer system. On this day in 1981, the flammable solvent ignites, destroying 13 miles of streets and sewer lines in the central portion of the city. The feed processor will pay out over $33 million in damages. Closing out their chapter in the Cold War, the two Germanys agree on a plan to reunify in 1990. The biggest issue was East Germany was decades behind their Western cousins. 23 years ago, the last original Peanuts cartoon runs in national papers. This event had been planned, and it was coincident that creator and artist Charles Schultz had passed away the day before. A look across the series is an interesting study in the progression of the artist's skill. Schultz was the only one to draw the characters, and they became increasingly refined over the near 50 years he drew them. I have thought the Peanuts would be a great subject for stop-motion animation. Think Wallace and Gromit or Shaun the Sheep. There was an article from Nature that is getting some traction on social media. It reports there's a connection between the herbicide glyphosate, or Roundup, and decreasing egg production. I have a very hard time believing the tinfoil hat folks who see some conspiracy here. The social media article pointed out that f samples of feed connected to Purina had higher levels of the herbicide in them. It is not out of the realm of possibility. 90% of our soybean crop and 70% of our yellow corn crop has the herbicide Roundup applied in a weed control program. White corn largely goes to human food and is nearly free of the herbicide. I was a bit skeptical about the points being made and dug a bit deeper. The article found a slight connection to levels of the herbicide in the feed and a decrease in how many of the eggs actually hatched. But with most any single study, there is never enough data and always more what-ifs. The study was only a few weeks long and did not seem to include a control flock that was given feed that did not have traces of the herbicide as a control. We do not know the genetics of the flocks, and the biggest factor in hatchability was the age of the hens laying the eggs, but that was accounted for. The study even admitted the range in the levels of herbicide detected was quite small and narrow. The range was from near zero to 0.16 milligrams per kilogram of feed. This is worth noting. Maybe good or bad. Let's look at this amount. The Tylenol tablet you take are 500 milligrams of active ingredient. Now, most of you weigh much more than a chicken, but 0.16 milligrams is a very small amount. A kilogram of feed will last that chicken eight days. That is roughly a 200-pound man taking two Tylenol per day. Maybe there is an effect, and maybe there isn't. We are talking about very small amounts. What the study did not claim was if the herbicide decreased the number of eggs laid. In fact, it claimed that was not affected. 
I have also read some claims that feed from Purina was causing a drop in egg production. While this could be true or maybe not, folks should note that farmers with a few hands will buy prepared feed, often from a large mill. Commercial growers often have their own mills and produce their own feed. That quarter pound per hand per day becomes a semi-truckload every day or so when you get to the tens of thousands of birds in a commercial hen house. I am reasonably certain that if a farmer believed he can increase egg production by using non-roundup feed, he will closely look at the economics. That is not happening yet. The headlines this morning are filled with reactions to yesterday's football game. I'm not a big fan for a variety of reasons. One that was most concerning is how this was the most black and woke Super Bowl to date. That is a very sad point. The NFL even went to the point of playing the Black National Anthem just prior to when most folks tuned in at 6.30. That is simply racist and divisive. We will never make progress between blacks and whites if we continue to point out that the two are different, and we are constantly reminded of those differences. I guess no one pointed out that professional sports are dominated by black players. At least football and basketball, they are both above 70%. Major League Baseball is the most diverse, but Hispanics far outnumber blacks there. Hockey is largely dominated by Canadians and Europeans, with only a handful of black players. Someone should point out to the league that wokeism tends to kill everything it anoints. I had to wonder what the demographics are that are putting the players into the corporate income tax bracket. Advertising folks believe that NFL fans are older than most, have a higher income level, and are more likely to live outside of mid-sized cities. Politically, they're more likely to vote Republican. I will let you draw other conclusions about who those people are. Then let's discuss this black national anthem. Again, if you feel the need to have something separate but equal, that is by definition divisive. I think we can go to the Supreme Court for that precedence. Separate but equal cannot be racist in one direction and a right in the other. I encourage each of my listeners to do an internet search for the lyrics and read them in their full context. The song dates to the early 20th century, but when you understand who is writing and singing, it's a big obscene gesture to the American culture. America will put our warts and scandals on public display, and we will discuss them at length. But there are some facts that need to be kept in mind. America, and specifically Christian Europeans, did not invent racism, slavery, genocide, or war. They have all existed on every continent and region since the days before written history. What America is about is freedom for each to find his own way, and the liberty to pursue that path. That no race or class is superior. Yes, we have had issues on those points, but we've worked hard to erase them. But any place where any group wishes to maintain a distinction of any type, there will be distrust. And we do not like the unknown. We do not like divisive distinctions of any type. What America did author was the idea that we would do everything humanly possible to offer a level playing field for everyone of any ethnicity. The reason we have a black versus white race issue today is twofold. The Democrats were and remain the fosters of racism. And a portion of society that is largely Democrat wants to keep it militant. That's history and comment for the 14th day of February. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go do something worth remembering.